Hello everybody, welcome back to Fast Get Rewatch Season 4, Episode 3. I am Can't Wear Hats and with me is Red Nightmare. We are here in a flash. Wee! Pow! We're here! Suddenly! Back! Out of nowhere! No. <laughs> we were here last week as well. What? We just keep coming back. We're like a boomerang. Or a bad penny, but one of those... <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll have to explain that to me. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is uh, episode three of season four, like I said, and it's part two of What Was Lost, the two-parter we started last week. Part one was called Sacrifice, and this is part two, Resurrection. Ooh. Ooh, my. <laughs> and yeah, so obviously we start out with uh, previously on Farscape, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, what even happened last week? <laughs> last week was confusing as all things hell. happened. So okay, John, Rigel, and Chiana, and new addition to the crew, Sikozu, met up with Jewel and Dargo. Yes, uh, they took the old Leviathan Elac to a planet called Arnesk, where they found Jewel and Dargo. They were at some sort of archaeological dig. And uh, Oh, and the old woman was there as well, and there's a whole subplot there about there are these three beacons that made big magnetic storms on the planet that make it uninhabitable for stretches of time, and there were priests there who knew how to make peace between Scarons and Sebations, or Scarons and Peacekeepers... Uh, but nobody knows how they did it because they all died because of the probes. And so they were trying to find the probes. And they found two probes. And the old woman gave John a vision that let him see where the other one was. But the problem is you can use them as a weapon. And so, you know, she was like, well, you can't tell anyone where they are. Also, the peacekeepers turned up. Grazer turned up. Oh, great. But at the end, uh, the old woman like... No, you mustn't tell anyone where the last probe is. You have to die. And so John jumps off a cliff. Yeah. Which turns out wasn't that effective. No, it didn't really act, didn't actually kill him. Because no. we start out, yeah, he's just floating in the water. He's unconscious, it seems. But he he gets startled by... Black Lagoon. Black Lagoon. I'm just going to... You know what? I'm just going to call him Fish Face. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has a name. His name is Uni, but it only gets used like once or twice. And I think most in the last episode, not this one. That's enough reason for us to give it a completely silly nickname. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets startled by him and he's trying to swim to shore. But there are peacekeepers on the shore, like with their guns, like poking around, looking for him. Yeah, so Finface pulls John underwater while John tries to get back on shore. And he just pulls him through a cave, through a grate, away from the peacekeepers. And then he surfaces inside like all the corridors and where we saw him last episode Mm -hmm. where he was hanging out and he surfaces there and he starts you know yelling at him it's like you're with grazer you told her everything and why what you're you're working with her and just like i didn't i didn't tell her anything and uh he says but while vela was my friend and she's dead because of you and i won't let you take what she discovered ah fight i wouldn't call it so much as a a fight as john just repeatedly being drowned by this guy that's true he just gets his head dunked underwater mm-hmm. and so john keeps insisting i won't tell anyone jeez not with grazer but then dargo and sakozu show up and dargo is yelling at Fishface, be like i told you to find john not kill him get off him and the other guy's like oh fine and he swims away and just sort of hides <laughs> and john goes to get out the pool and dargo just shoves him back in he's like oh god you stink 
And John's like, what? No, I don't. Shut up. But Sikozu thinks she knows what it is. Yeah, it's just like, it can't possibly be. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. That would explain a lot of things. And Dargo's like, you see, this? she keeps doing this, not finishing her sentences. It's like, <laughs> that is incredibly, I really hate it. <laughs> and then there's there's a there's sort of like a plinth in the center of the pool. John's just kind of sat up on that, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, the reason what? Come on, explain." And Dargo's like, "Well, okay, everybody knows about you and Grazer, man. Ev- everybody knows what happened." And John's like, "Uh, face is like, yeah, great. I don't remind me of that." Yeah, I don't particularly want to think about that because remember last episode, Grazer basically drugged and slept with john yeah pretty much raped him and everybody knows about that apparently but sikozu thinks she knows why and how it happened because what she smells on john is heppel oil and dargo is pretty sure that that is a myth he's like yeah that's bullshit that doesn't exist but uh, she says no it's heppel oil because some concubines have a gland implanted that creates heppel oil and its perfume targets erogenous zones and makes you suggestible and you know, bends people to your will, basically. Yeah. But it shortens your life expectancy by a bunch of cycles. So that can't possibly be what Grazer has. Yeah, just having the gland implanted does that. Um, But it seems to be the case, though. <laughs> I mean, if it's only a bunch of cycles, I could see that being a trade-off. But uh, yeah, the effects are irreversible. Like, once it's been implanted, you that's it. It's Your life cycle's been shortened anyway. So, mm-hmm. And John's like, well, I don't... Okay, fine, whatever. I don't want to go near Grazer ever again. Well, you'll have to, John. Says Dargo. It's like, you have to see her one more time. Because, and I like this, he says, to use one of your expressions, you're going to have to take one for the team. John's like, I already took two for the team, by my count. Dargo's like, well, this is a triple. Because Dargo and Sokozu, they have a plan. Yeah, but they're not telling John. They're working on a need-to-know basis. And he does not need to know. And he's like, no, that's bullshit. You tell me. Tell me, man. And they're like, no, you don't. He's like, if you know everything, then Grazer may be able to get it out of you. Yep. Well, fine. Okay. Sure. Great. Great. But part of their plan involves, you know, John getting close to Grazer to do something, which means, you know, he has to go through that again. Yeah. And surprisingly, he's not very okay with that. Yeah, I don't blame him, to be honest. No, neither do I. But he is prepared to do it. Yeah, reluctantly. He just has to keep her occupied for a few arms. Yeah, it'll be hard, he says. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I don't think that... Was that intentional? No, that was intentional because... Oh, Because Dargo says, like, it'll be... Look, it'll be hard. And and John's like, oh, don't worry, it'll be hard. (laughs) It's like, come on, that was was intentional. Look, it's it's sort of gallows humor. You yeah, know? It's, uh, John's like, I gotta make some sort of joke out of this. Mm. Yeah, but so he has to then wait for Dargo's signal, and he's like, well, "What's the rest of the plan?" It's like, just wait for my signal, okay? And also, when the peacekeepers find you uh, washed up on the shore, this, it has to be believable. I can do that. It's fine. It's fine. I can do that. Good. And like whips him with the tongue. Yeah, <laughs> you son of a. He just falls face first into the water. So it's a good job someone else was there to take him out. Otherwise he would have drowned. So yeah, then the peacekeepers find John washed up on the rocks, Mm -hmm. unconscious. They're like, so we found him. (laughs) (laughs) Stormtrooper style. (laughs) That was exactly what that sounded like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
and so he wakes up tied up in a room with Grazer and he, he's basically there's a, a big stone plinth in the center and he's tied to it mm-hmm. he's strapped to the four rocks cornering that it's all very kinky as as yeah. we said last week one american's journey into australia's bdsm scene i i can't take credit for this but i i love this is in farscape bdsm stands for uh what is it bondage domination sadism and muppets <laughs> <laughs> that's what the m stands for <laughs> uh that's i i read that online and i was like that's perfect i, that have, is to, perfect, I have to bring yes. that up <laughs> yes anyway he tells grazer that i wasn't trying to escape there was this vision and she gets on his back he's tied face down actually he's is important because she just goes over his back and rubs another drop of hepal oil under his face mm-hmm. and she's like i don't care about this planet or anything but i need to know why the Scarens want you so badly. Uh-oh, that's the big, big secret. Mm. I'll have what's in John Crichton's brain for 500, Bob. <laughs> and she says, that if you tell me, I will help you find your love, Aaron's son. And you're like, oh, she's really just manipulating him. Good bargaining tool. Yeah, especially when he's under the influence. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to uh, Braca and Scorpius. Yeah, they're having a lovely little time. Just a boy and his ex-superior commander. Of course, but Scorpius, if you remember from last week, he's been badly tortured and he's got a different kind of rod inside his head that makes him lose motor control. So he's out on all fours drooling and can't, can't really speak. And he's drinking from a, a bucket. On the floor. Yeah. Like, like Brock is just like, drink. And it's like, <laughs> licking it, lapping it up. Oh, boy. <sighs> yeah. So they're actually standing just outside the cell where they were keeping Chiana and Jewel and the old woman before. Yeah, Chiana's not that happy with Granny. No. She's like, why did you do this? Why did John have to die? What did you do? Why did you do that? And the uh, old woman says like, well, he had to, he had to, he knew too much, knew the location they wouldn't let them use it and so yeah she keeps going on about that mm-hmm. jewel is also there as well and she notices that the uh the detectors on the walls that measure the magnetics the uh color is changing so the magnetics are spiking again because and and she says look at your skin look at this like the color is starting to fade it's getting hotter here we need to leave soon we need to go there's 10 more arms will all be dead flesh cooked off our bones did you notice by the way that there was a weird difference in the color balance between some shots of chiana and such shots of jewel and the old woman yeah it's a bit weird it's like it's not just the shadow light difference. It was like something else there. Yeah, I I wonder if they were trying to show what Jewel was talking about with like color draining from things from the magnetics. But it's with it's only in like the shot of Chiana and then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fairly minor thing. It doesn't it didn't affect things too much, but it's there. Somebody else walks in though. Yeah, cuz Chiana says like, "Don't worry, I'll get us out of this." And she's like going to poke her head out and um you know, distract one of the guards, but then the guards were all towards one end of the room. And then Sokozu walks up to them. And she's like, who's in charge? And there was something I noticed on her outfit. Yeah. She has boot plate. Kinda. I mean, she's wearing basically like a... Kind of like a leather... She's wearing like a vest, but it's very... It's not... 
That's not her breasts naturally for no, the jacket it's, it's, like it's, that. No, it's, 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 it's a stiff material. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> she had that last episode as well. I mean, that's just part of her wardrobe. This shot just like, oh, yeah, now it's very clear. That's stupid. She's also undone her hair again. I feel mm-hmm. like this is that's going to be once an episode. Like she starts out with the hair up in uh, the sort of braids on the top of her head, and then just undoes it during the episode. Cause that's it's... when you know she get she's serious. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, "Who's in charge?" And uh, then nobody says anything, but you know, Braca is there, and she's like, "Ah!" And she walks up to him, and well, they're all pointing guns at her first, and then Braca's like, "No, let her through. See where she's going with this." And she's like, I'm your promotion. Okay. Huh. Interesting. So then we cut to Dargo flying up on in, uh, his ship uh, all the way back up to Elac. He's gone to tell Rigel that if, you know, the rest of their plan, which is if they can get Elac to crash into the Marauders down on the planet, then they might be able to escape or at least get far enough away before a command carrier shows up to go after them. Yeah, and Rigel asks, does Crichton know about this? And Dog's like, John doesn't need to know. And he might not go through with it if he knew. No! No shit! I don't, yeah, I think he would have kind of a problem with this. I have problems with this! <laughs> well, Dargo asks Rigel, like, can you convince Pilot to do this? And Rigel says, like, yes, I think so, since they're going to die soon anyway. Even so! This, you're, mm. you're asking them to be a suicide bomber. I mean, in the most literal sense, and they're going to throw themselves on top of some peacekeepers, yeah. I don't care what age that is. That is not okay. I mean, their reasoning is, you know, like, Elak is going to die soon, and they need to use every asset they have, which in their case is not a lot. Yeah, okay. Like, I get why they're doing this. I'm just like, I... Uh, yeah. Actually, hang on a minute. I've just thought of a plot hole, because... Dargo's ship works, right? Dargo's ship blew up a Leviathan a few episodes ago. That's a very good point. <laughs> like, can he not take on a few marauders? Is there is is it not working properly? He What's could up? easily get the first shot in, right? Yeah, I mm. unless it takes a really long time to charge, or he need no, he could easily get a gunner. No, wait, no, yeah, Sokoza could easily be the gunner on this. Yeah, it seems a bit odd that that. I mean, on the one hand, I. I can see what they're trying to do because they also they want to use Lowland to escape. So if you're, it's a distraction. So they can't use the same ship for both things. But still, but still, I feel like his ship would have a good chance against some peacekeepers. Hmm. Oh well. Yeah, like they said, Elak is going to die very soon. They're really at the end of their life here. Might as well go up with a bang, I guess. So then, uh, as Dargo goes to leave, Rigel says to him like. You know, you can't trust Sokozu, which will betray us again. And Dargo's like, yeah, I've got no choice here. Because we know Sokozu's tried to, you know, look out for herself in Crichton Kicks, where, you know, she tries to sell her, sell them out to the uh, Grudex. So, yeah, I mean, like Dargo says, he doesn't have a choice. He has to play all the cards he's been dealt. And he's been dealt a shit hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very bad hand. So, then we see Grazer and John again. He's been explaining wormholes to her. And she says, well, if wormholes are in space all the time, why can't they be seen? And John's like, well, they're at this angle but in the right conditions they turn around and we can see them but i don't know how to make it do that and grazer around this is like so you think these are important enough to risk your own life she's like huh very interesting man i'm an idiot for trying to stop scorpius from doing research into this (laughs) whoopsie 
She doesn't say that, but that I'm hoping that's going on in her head. <laughs> yeah, because right now she's just been out to get John kind of as some revenge for what he did. And also to be like, okay, why are you so important? Why does not only Scorpius but the Scarens care about you? Yeah, what what gives? And so, but before she can get any more answers, Braca comes in and is like, Mom, uh, I have some news. And she's like, go away. Just go, leave. M- Mom, this is important. <sighs> Fine. And <laughs> goes to talk to him. And Sokozu's with the peacekeepers in the background. And so they're talking and we see that John like rolls over and grabs a sharp object. Because at this point he's been untied. And he grabs like a sharp piece of... It looks like a sharp piece of glass or something. So Grazer comes back over and she says, Your Luxon has failed. He's being hunted as we speak. John just brings his arm up and tries to stab her in the neck with the object and just stops right before it. And then she pushes his arm away and like, that's some good mind control because that's not just pheromones. He was capable of starting the action but not finishing it. Yeah, and she says, don't fight me. John's like, you wouldn't do this so far away from high command. You wouldn't care about this. Yeah, you're doing this because of Scorpius. You're his little whore. His words, not mine. Yeah, yeah. He's taunting her to be like, oh, you'll know you're just working for Scorpius. She looks offended at this. And then the next scene we see is outside. John has been digging a hole. Grazer and the peacekeepers are standing around outside. Brock is there with Scorpius on a leash. Can I just say, by the way, that John can dig a very nice square hole? Yeah, he's a nice big rectangular hole. So Grazer then offers him, like, here's a pulse pistol, one charge. If... I am under Scorpius's control or whatever. Then here you go. Here's a pulse pistol. Kill Scorpius. Kill the half-breed and then ruin everything. Go on, do it. And John's like, it's not even loaded. There's n- there's no charge in there. And Grace just hands the pistol to Bracca. Bracca pulls Scorpius up by his leash, puts the gun in his back and just shoots. Through his chest. Scorpius falls down into the grave that Crichton had been digging. And then a guard pushes Sokozu in as well. Yeah, by the way, John has also called Sokozu a peacekeeper whore at this point. He's using that word a lot. Yeah, John, like, expand your vocabulary, man. Also, like, you didn't do this before. Yeah, and I know she's work. seems to be working for them. At least this part, I feel like he can figure out is supposed to be part of the plan. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's just playing that part up, actually. I could see that. But, yeah, at least, like, stop using that word so much, John. Come on. Be more creative. Yeah. And so Tokozu and Scorpius are in the grave, and Tokozu's like, no, Scorpius, he's dead. Or at least I think so. I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> and Grazer tells a guard, like, okay, now shoot her. And Tokozu's like, no, no, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. I helped you, what the hell? And Grazer's like, nope, don't care. And then Scorpius mumbles, what is the word? Say Skurnak, it'll save your life. And she's just like, um, yeah, Skurnak! Skurdak. And Grazer, who was walking away, just freezes, turns around. How do you know that word? It's like, the same way you know that word. And but right before she pulls him out, Scorpius whispers, like, don't let them bury me. Sokozu's like, you know, I would recommend not burying uh, Scorpius so that he can rot in the sun. And Grazer's like, nah, bury him. <laughs> She's like, that's obviously something he told you to do. <laughs> I mean, also the other bits, like, I would have been like, well, my mission was to bring that piece of trash along with us. They want to experiment on it. I'll take the body, it's fine. So, yeah, then they just so then just start burying Scorpius, shoveling dirt in there. 
So we know that Scorpius didn't get killed by the pistol blast because he told Sukozu the thing, the secret code. Yeah. But he's being buried alive. <laughs> so, uh... Okay. A lot of things have failed to kill Scorpius I was so getting, far. That's literally, it's like, no, he's not dead. If he really died, it would have been way more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> he'll survive this. We don't see him for the rest of the episode, by the way, so... No, like, he's out of this episode now. So, Dargo's come back from Elac, and uh, Rigel has managed to convince the pilot, who bids him farewell, says goodbye, and then we see Grazer and John, and Grazer's back on the old interrogation, you know, plan, and saying to John, like, okay, well, you've told me this, but you don't have to speak about Scarrens. Yeah, there's other stuff you can talk about. And John suddenly sees one of the insects we saw in the first episode go by. And he remembers what Granny said last episode. Stick that up your nose. And for 500 microns, you'll, there's nothing you'll have to worry about. or Yeah, you won't remember. Or, or something like that. It's weird. Yeah, it's basically, you know, it, it, will, it will make you forget. 500 microns, you can do whatever, and then you won't remember it. No, nothing will bother you, was the exact wording. So, okay. Oh, we're cutting back and forth between various things here. So Dargo is prowling around, knocks out some soldiers. <laughs> I love that he's just... He knocks one soldier out, then knocks the other one out, says, Always a pleasure. Yeah, that's a great line. It just... Cut to next scene. Perfect. Yeah, and Sokozu gets thrown in the cell with the others. Uh, no, well, that's kind, not what kind happens. Of. That's absolutely not what happens. Well, okay. They go to the cell, and she gets let into the cell. Yes. <laughs> and then Jewel grabs her by the throat. And the guards come like, oh, and Sokozu says, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Back off. And then she manages to turn Jewel around, because Jewel was... <laughs> I like that right before Sokoza walks in, Jules like, I'll take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Jewel is very unhappy. She's like, you betrayed us. Why should we listen to you? And I like to wait. I like to see both sides. I've seen both sides and don't like you. Yeah, so it's a good... I like this bit from Jewel. It's, mm-hmm. it's good character, isn't it? It's good character. It is. It is. All right. So then... <laughs> Sukosa's so like whisper. This is a bit odd because like she's tr- clearly whispering right to Chiana and Jewel. Yeah, because Chiana has also joined in this choking contest because Sukosa has turned the tables on Jewel, so Jewel is now against the wall. Chiana slowly gets in position behind uh, Sukosa and uses her cuffs to block her- Sukosa's neck. Now, yeah, and Sukosa starts whispering right. Yes, to both of them. <laughs> There is a guard about three feet away from them. <laughs> Two guards. In the background of in the background of this shot. About as far away as the camera is. Yeah. And she's like, Look, I didn't betray you, it's all part of the plan. Like, can the are these guys deaf? What is wrong with you? I guess in some ways the um peacekeepers are an equal opportunity organization in that they also have death guards. Like <laughs> Oh dear. I mean, it's it's progressive of them. I mean, I wouldn't have minded if the guard hadn't literally been in the background of the scene the entire time. <laughs> if they'd been, like, outside of the cell or something. Yeah, fine. He was invisible. <laughs> like, oh, for, come on. Anyway. So then this, like, no, no, because it gets worse. It gets so much worse. Because then they're like, okay, fine. Chiana, would you like to cover Sokoza's ears for a moment? So they cover Sokoza's ears and... Jewel just screams and melts their cuffs. Apparently, one, this scream doesn't affect the peacekeepers. And two, the peacekeepers don't respond to this. 
that the cuffs have disappeared? They don't seem to notice because, yeah, then the three of them turn around, smile at the guards, and kick them in the face. I love that Sokoza walks between them and just puts yeah. her hands on their chins, turns their heads, and then just Jewel and Gianna just kick them in the face. And then they do this cool hand thing, Gianna and Jewel together. It's like, <laughs> it's like, best friend. <laughs> called it. Called it. Called best it. Best friends. BFFs before the end of the BFFs. Series. Best friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh God, that was so stupid. Deaf, half-blind peacekeeper guards. Yeah, like I said, if the guard just, if they moved the guard out of the back of the shot and had them standing outside the cell, it would have saved the entire thing. Yeah, but in this case, like, I really like everything else about this scene because it's a really cool yeah, way of escaping. Yeah. It's just like, he's right there. I could probably reach out and touch him. Oh, well. Anyway, so they escape. So the next scene is uh, we see the lair of the fish face dude again, where he was holding John earlier. And he's like, I think, uh, sorry, I think we found something. Says, And then just gets dragged underwater. Yeah, it's like... And so it's, it's just a very quick scene of like, they gets dragged underwater. Okay. Yeah. And so then we go to see Grazer and John again. And Grazer is examining, she's looking at the tile that John found. And she says, oh, well, this, okay, so this one is Interion. He's like, yeah, this one is Sebation. Mm-hmm. And this one is from your home planet. And he's I like, I think so. He's, he's very passive in this. He's like, I think so. I think so. And one of the bugs is crawling by and he reaches out his hand, grabs it. Pulls it in, and then Grazer comes back. He's like, "What is it? What's the matter?" It's like, "Oh, my back! Oh, so many cuts!" And then he cracks open the insect, gets the red thing out, and puts it up his nose. And then Grazer sort of mounts him, like gets up, like straddles him on the back, and it's like, "Oh, I can hear your heart beating." And then he turns over, shoves it down, and gets he gets on top of her, and it's like, "Oh, oh, what's going on here?" But that that's where the scene cuts. We we cut back in in a second, but we then quickly cut to Dargo on the comms with Rigel saying to Pilot, begin the countdown. You know, basically they're timing it, right? So, like, you have to crash Elac into the Marauders in a thousand microts. Because they need to have everything else set up. Yeah. And so uh, Rigel's like, right, understood. And he's getting a transport ready. He's got 1812 with him fixing up the yes! transport. And he says to Pilot, like, you have to start the descent, thousand microts, and he's says his goodbyes to the pilot then we see that we cut back and we see that john has tied grazer up (laughs) and it looks like grazer was like into this like this isn't like john's tied her up just to get away she's like she seems to be enjoying it at first yeah because she's convinced she's completely in control of the situation yeah john's like getting his things together and basically what happens is john's like nah nah you're not getting anything more out of me i'm 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 leaving now. Yeah. He's just putting on his pants, shirt, grabs his gun, puts his belt back on. She's like, untie me. Untie me. And she's like, and he's like, nah, uh-uh. And he says, like, you never heard my heartbeat. That wasn't my heartbeat. And then he grabs, like, he, like, takes a bead of the oil from from her chest, like, strokes her chest, grabs some more from it, throws it on a candle, which just goes, <laughs> kind of taunting her a bit. Um. Okay. Then what did she hear? And... What's with the throwing this... Okay, well, this... you're right. That's taunting. That's, that's taunting. taunting. Okay, her. that's yeah. taunting. Yeah, I wasn't sure what he meant when he says you didn't hear my heartbeat. And how does forgetting cause this effect on... What did the bug exactly... This is a confusing moment for me. It's a little bit... I. So if I was to interpret this, what I think is like the bug basically it counteracts the effects yeah. of the heppel oil. 
Yeah, I feel like that's why because it it makes you forget. So it clearly like overrides part of your brain that is like aware of what's happening. But apparently, it doesn't override the fact that you need to get out of here because she's dangerous and you have friends yeah, that it's... are going to help you. So that's why I don't buy the forget angle on this. Yeah, it's a bit odd, but it's clear. It's it's clear from the actions of, of what what it's supposed to do. It's just what they've said doesn't really match up with that. No. So yeah, the upshot is John is now like leaving and he's like, right, I'm out. I've tied you up. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. We'll get back to that at the end. Problem is back aboard Elac, pilot and pilot is, you know, very tired, weary, out of it. She's at her deathbed. Yeah, very much so. She started Elac's descent immediately. Yeah. Cause she heard like, yes, need to start descent. Yeah. Skipping over the hundred microns like, oh, okay. When Rigel's on board the transport, it's like, Pilot, Pilot, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. No, don't start it now. Pilot's just dozed off. <laughs> and yeah, Elac's falling into the atmosphere and Rigel gets on the comms with Dargo. He's like, it started the descent, they're coming down now. And Dargo's like, comes Tiana's like, Tiana, we have to go now. Like, we have to signal John. And then there's a sort of blooping noise. And he's like, aha, that's the signal. All right, let's, let's go. Bye, Grazer. And then he leaves, he leaves the corridor, like, goes into the corridor. It's like, okay, this will be fine. Okay, I'm coming your wa- oh, crap. Yeah, there's Braca and a group of peacekeepers at the end, and they just start shooting it at him. No. no. Not quite. <laughs> the light- the, Oh, the yeah, no, yeah, you're perfect. right. Sorry, I, I completely Cause, forgot, yes. Because he's like, oh, hey, Braca, um, you're a man of the world, right? Say, could you tell me? And he turns a bit to his side, like- does my ass look big in these pants? Uh, he, he, not only turns to the side, he starts rubbing his Yeah, ass he starts rubbing his well. ass. But he then does, because his hand at that point... Because, one, this pisses Braca off, clearly, because he wants to go forward. But at, at this point, his hand is also very nice and close to his pulse pistol, so he just quick draws that, shoots at Braca, who dodges. And then just dodges around the corner as the peacekeepers return fire. They just unload on him, and he's like, oh, no, <laughs> get out. I have to say, that that was a good way of getting close to his gun. That was pretty good. <laughs> and John's, like, uh, shooting at them. And, and then we see Rigel is trying to get Pilot to stop uh, Elac. And like, no, stop, not now, not now, but... Wake up, wake up! Pseudo, wake up! Beep, 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 beep! Yeah, and it's not working. So I may have added everything behind after the just regular wake up there, by the way. And so um, John's on the comms with Dargo, and Dargo's like, no, Elac's coming down now, we have to move, like, right now. And John's like, oh, yeah, I need, I need a little help here. I need, need some, uh, some assistance. And so Chiana sends uh, Granny to go find Dargo's ship. And she and Sokozu and Jewel are going to go help John. And they get some guns and... And Sokozu wants to go with Granny. And Chiana's like, no, you're coming with us. It's not that I don't trust you, but I don't trust you. Yeah. And so, yeah, they run to find John. They're like, where are you? And John's like, just follow the pulse fire. You'll find me. So Grazer, uh, we see, tied up. and she, But she finds the sharp object that John had. She's able to reach that and cut herself loose. We don't see her cut herself loose, but that's heavily implied. Yeah. So John's shooting at the peacekeepers, but then he runs out of ammo. God damn it. I don't care if you've shot 500 or 600 shots. And he takes out the 
chocolate oil cartridge and gives it the lick and it's like oh it's six on those shots damn it yeah you see that as a that's a reference that's uh dirty harry that is it's like this it's like he's just doing this frantically but it's like okay it's the most powerful hung, handgun in the uncharted territories and i'm not sure if i've shot 500 shots or 600 oh no wait it's 600 yeah I just, what i really like is the way you check how much ammo if you still have ammo in your pistol is by licking it because it shoots chakran oil. Yeah, and we've seen them occasionally like lick the cartridges before putting them in. Like it's just like, oh, right, it's oil. That's how that works. Cool little way of in-universe logic. Yeah. So anyway, the, he runs out of ammo. Then the others arrive and they have guns and they start shooting. Yeah, I like that. John's like, uh, Jewel, can I borrow that handgun from you? And Jewel's just like, oh, fine. Throws it to him. And they're like, quick, use use the passcode, use yeah. the peacekeeper thing. <laughs> I guess Jewel asks, like, hey, Sokozu, what was that word you were able to use? Skarnak. Okay. She, nod- she nods towards Xi'an and they just duck around the corner. Skarnak, Skarnak, Skarnak! Just <laughs> pull back as the peacekeeper's keep shooting <laughs> like well it's worth a try yeah and so john's like okay um well they're like come with us come on like move and so he has to like jump like across the corridor to run up run with them and so they all flee and run to the ship run to dargo ship and then grazer we see grazer storms out and she she took time to get dressed as yeah. well and she's yelling at braca as like we have to do not let them escape. And how did they get a ship here? It's like, uh, we didn't see it until just now. And like, but they must not escape. I will not let them leave. And we will find them. She like throws Brock up against the wall. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, she's upset. And so uh, John and Chiana, Jewel and Sokozu, they can't, they're having trouble finding the ship. It's like, Dargo, where are you? You should be here. Where, where, where are you? Where are we going? And then they hear... A rumbling. Yeah, because Elac is flying over the ruins. Yep. And Rigel has just managed to get Pilot to wake up. Yeah, because they're pretty convinced down on the planet that they're too late and that they're stuck. And it's like, okay, back inside, back inside. And I like the Sikosa's like, it doesn't matter. There's no point in running because if it hits like there's always a point in running <laughs> so yeah john just grabs us like there's always the point in running just... also did you notice what they ran past uh was it uh vela stuck yeah. in the wall yeah <laughs> really yeah she's still stuck in the wall there I was like hey what's up <laughs> hey guys but rigel manages to wake up pilot and she manages to pull up just about before they hit anything yeah they hit like a few ridges that break off but and then uh rigel's pod is the repairs are done and he's able to escape from elac and then the others get to dargo's ship but then the peacekeepers are following them yeah and they start shooting back to hold them off and then john's pistol stops again God, you are not why are all these weapons not working in a frustration he just throws it at them he also says like this wouldn't happen if this was winona yeah winona wouldn't do this to me can i just love the tidy detail of the fact that when he throws the pistol it goes sailing off to the left because it's probably a very light prop and the wind just catches it yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah um we get a shot of pilots then where she's like we have to do this elak otherwise everything will have been for nothing target the marauders so they're coming in for another yeah for another swing and pilot just nods off and is gone I don't. I'm not entirely sure if she dies before they hit the peacekeeper marauders or after. But yeah, but John and Jewel make it to the ship. Everybody's in the ship now. John's like, "Okay, we're here. Let's go." And they start taking off. And in the background, we see Elac just coming in, crashing, just starting to tip over. 
just at that point, they zoom off and just falls on the remaining uh, marauders there. Yeah, it's also it's a fairly cool uh, shot of just yeah. it coming in crashing as Dargo and the rest like manage to make their escape with their dying breath. They saved them. Yeah, and so Dargo, you know, tried to like cloak and get away, but it says in everything that happened, his deception shroud was hit and compromised. So they're going to reappear in a hundred microts. They can't, you know, stay cloaked. No. Nope. Um, the, the magnetics are spiking up again. So <laughs> Jewel wants to apologize, but gets shoved back by both Dargo and John. I'm like, guys, rude. Come on. Well, well Dargo's like, now's not the time, Jewel. Yeah. <laughs> not now. <laughs> and John just shoves her back uh, backwards i'm like dude it's kind of like sit down <laughs> no, like, no 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 on, no no man. no it wasn't sit down it was just get out of my way so we see braca and grazer and braca says like two marauders were destroyed one's operational we can make it back to the command carrier but Crichton will have a two-on head start and in this case grazer says i am not giving them a head start we're going after them Call the command carrier and have them meet us in flight. Yeah, pick us up on the way. She's determined. She's not going to let them yeah, get away. It seems to me that she's more concerned about, you know, not being humiliated by by letting Crichton escape. Mm-hmm. So then we see Granny. She's still on the planet and muttering about, you know, she's just talking under her breath. Oh, no, we actually hear her thought internal monologue about the probes. Yeah, she's like, the pro- don't forget about the probes, Crichton. They're still here. They're still not safe. And then Fishface approaches her and says, Don't be afraid, it's me, and I know a way. I know a way to find them. They walk away. And then we see the ramp of Darko's ship come down again on the planet. And they're like, wait, weren't you guys running away? Yeah, like, wait, hang on a second. Darko's like, actually, the damage was pretty bad. We had to land. They hit two of the power cores. And John's like, no, it's a perfect plan. Well, they're chasing away, trying to find us somewhere else. We're back here. Um, Dargo, how, why did they pass us? Oh, I sent out a, uh, a satellite probe away and ho- I'm hoping they'll chase that for a day. And we'll be, we'll be out of here by then. But then Jules like, everyone look at your skin and they can see it's like bleached and it, you can see like it's really bright and hot out there. Like the lighting is really intense. And Jules like, unless we get off this planet in an arn, we're all dead. The magnetics are, are really ramping up. So John says, like, to Dargo, like, can you repair this ship in an arm? And he's like, well, it's difficult. Jules, like, well, in that case, we're done. And John walks up to her and says, well, didn't Thala say that the legend says that if you get all three probes, you're able to reverse the polarity? (laughs) (laughs) Reverse the magnetic storm. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And she's like, Right, and he and Killers, remember, he saw where the last one is, and they already have two of them. Yeah, they should at least have two of them. Where they are isn't not entirely sure, but whatever. They're like, okay, we have to put them this far apart, like half a metro, they say, or 600 motras. Like, okay, I don't care. No, just stop, stop, just, just stop, stop, stop that. Stop that. Stop <laughs> adding more terms, please. Stop it. We're in season four. So anyway, they go off to find the final probe, and then we see uh, Granny and Fishface, they're on like a cliff in like maybe like a little cave on the side of a cliff and she realizes that she was wrong it's like wait no it wasn't vela vela didn't want to use the probe as a weapon it was you and he, he says i've been searching for the probe for 20 cycles and she wasn't going to share it with me so she had to be removed i'm like ah so it was Fishface with the carver in the tunnel. Yeah, so he did it. <laughs> but she says to him, like, I will n- I'll never reveal where the probe is. Never tell you. And then Jewel and Crichton 
catch up to them and they're like hey hey granny what's up we're going probe hunting don't worry we're fine <laughs> everything's fine yeah we're going looking for the probes oh fish face go, go away go away scoot we we have work to do wait hang on why are you coming closer why do you have the carver and why did you just punch me in the face ow yeah and he's like oh, you you must tell me tell me where the location is or i'll kill you ah. john's like calm down we want the same thing here. Look, we want the probes to reverse the magnetics or all be dead. And we need Granny here as backup in case I can't find it. Yeah, you need her. Otherwise, you don't get a second chance. And uh, Fishface is like, all right, well, you go in front of me. I'm going to keep my eye on you. And John leads them to where he saw the probe. And he asks Fishface, where are the other probes? And he says, they're in his lair. Vela swore he, I'd get half the bounty on the but now I'll get all of it. <laughs> oh, so Vela was in on this. Kinda. She was in on the retrieving, getting the bounty for John and his friends, not the uh, using the probes as a weapon. Wait, no, not the bounty on them, because we specifically saw that she didn't rat John and the others out. I think it's the bounty on these probes. There's, pro- there's probably a hefty price for these things. I don't know. It's confusing. Let's be honest, that's this whole double episode. I'm I'm fairly confident it was the bounty on the crew. And I'm fairly confident it's the bounty on these three things. Ultimately, it doesn't matter that much. Point is, she's dead, so he's going to get everything. Mm -hmm. And John's like, okay, it's over there. Like, if you dig down there, you'll find the probe. And so Fishface, like, gets the carver, carves away some rock, and finds the probe. And then Chiana appears over the ridge. And then they just get into a fight, because they've got backup now. Yeah, because Chiana throws a rock at him. Yeah. <laughs> he starts shooting in Chiana's direction. John jumps on Fishface. He manages to disarm him, punches him a bit. Fishface manages to start running away with the probe. At that point, Jill has the carver, but John's like, No, don't shoot! He has the probe! And I'm like, Can't you just shoot him and uncarve the probe later you know what never mind well we've not seen it be reversed like that's the problem yeah but isn't that literally what this thing does i guess yeah for inanimate objects but anyway uh he jumps off the cliff yeah into the water and granny shows up like no 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 we're all going to die and john's like why did he do that now we're all dead and we're all going to die he's gonna be fine because he can wait out the Magnetic summers underwater. Oh, great, great. That's just great. And then she holds out a, a gun, a pulse pistol. A very specific pulse pistol. And she's like, look, and then throws it past John over the cliff into the water. And he just looks at her like, was that Winona? Yes. I don't want to know where you were keeping that. And he just jumps off the cliff down back again. And then like, that's a low blow, Gran. That's a f- Winona. Really? Winona? That's low what she's doing is she's in her own way is like motivating him to go after fish face of like look jump after your gun and go get him she could have just given him the gun and told him to jump the fact that they're gonna die anyway and that he survived that fall before he would have done that no matter what yeah but remember granny is weird okay that's that's, no no i I, I, like completely accept that don't worry she doesn't do things the way you would expect, okay, you know? She's a loose cannon. <laughs> Turn in your badge and gun. <laughs> you're off the force. You're a loose cannon. Also, you're a damn fine cop. <laughs> but you get results, damn it. <laughs> so, okay, John jumps after Fishface. Yeah, swims down, 
and then starts swimming to the shore as Fish Face starts attacking him. And I can I can imagine John just thinking, we really need to stop meeting like this, because this is yeah. the literal third time they've been in this scenario. And they fight underwater, and like John's like reaching for his gun, and it gets knocked out of his hand again, and then Chiana shoots him from the shore. Yeah, with, with the carver. And he just... Because he, he was... Just about to drown John, and Janna shoots him just as he's above John, and then Fishface falls on top of John, pushing him down in the water, and then he just disappears because it, he just turns to dust and just gets dissolved. And so he's got the probe, and uh, they he swims back to shore, and he grabs Winona as well. <laughs> yeah, the shot where he grabs Winona as well is that the same shot he that in which he grabbed Winona the first time as you landed in the water? Uh, I don't... I think it's a different shot. Okay. I don't... Yeah. Same setup. Now. It also, he looks like he gets the probe and he goes to swim and he's like, oh, no, wait, and, like, reaches back down again. <laughs> like, my gun! So they get... He gets back up to the rest of them and Jewel has found the other probes from uh, his lair and they're like, okay. John's like, hey, you saved my life there talking to Chiana. And she's like, yeah, again. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Chiana like goes to get Jewel. Like, okay, we got the three probes. We got to space them this far apart. And then we got to reactivate them. And so they all run off to different locations. Or John stays where he is. Yeah, but... John. John goes onto the shore. Uh, will do the shore part. And he says to Chiana, like, go to Jewel, grab that thing, because John is still very tired after being knocked out. So he's like, okay, I'm not going to do the running part. You do the running part. So they're all spread out, and like they're on the comms with each other. Of like, okay, how do we activate them? So it's like, all right, slam them in the ground and kick them yeah <laughs> like, oh okay kick them fine sure so they do that they turn them up like kick them and then nothing happens a jaw just pulls his gun points it at his probes like you son of a bitch like come on damn it <sighs> but then the probes start floating up into the air and they're like oh it's it's starting and then they sort of hover in midair for a bit and then they shoot up yeah, and they start making a, a very high-pitched peep that gets higher and higher and higher. Yeah, it's very high-pitched, like, whine, like... And then they get up to the sky, and then they form a big circle around, and which then explodes over the sky, and then it just turns into a big, like, Aurora Borealis kind of look. Yep. Looks like Northern Lights. And as we see the crew, there's a lot more light. In the, there's a lot more color, because as the heat was getting higher, the colors were more and more washed out, I think. It's the best way of calling it. Yeah, now all the color floods back. It's it's probably even more colorful than before. Yeah, just to, just to sell that like it's undone whatever was, you know, been done to this place. It's been reversed. And as that happens, everybody gets really high because they're all looking at their hands like, dude, these are huge. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like two or three people are all looking at their... Everybody's looking at their hands. I'm like, okay. Like, I know that's supposed to signify that they're not feeling the burning effect anymore, but I'm like, you just you just look like people who are high. It's like, yeah. <laughs> dude, I could t- like touch my own fingers. Whoa. So, yeah, but the old then uh, we see Granny looking up at all this and she says, what was lost is now gained. Yeah, it's it's another one of those we hear her thoughts moment, I think. Right, yeah. And John then gets on the comms to everyone. It's like, hey, guys, you should come check something out. You need to see something. Yeah. Come back here. And so they eventually they come back to him. And we see this. It's actually a pretty cool shot from the side on of them on the rocks. Yeah. And they sort of walk up and, like, standing, like, looking out into the distance. And they're all there, including Dargo and Sokozu. 
All seven of them. Yeah, they stood out looking there. And then we see what they're looking at. And it's a huge temple that wasn't there before. And they're like people in red robes a little bit down below standing there. And like, what? How did these people get here? And so it seems to be that it's the lost Dana's temple and the priests. And the old woman says that, well, when when the triangle was created, it must have trapped part of the past when it created the magnetic summers. Like, it, it, whatever, it's a side effect of what happened. They were trapped in some sort of stasis and they've been restored now. Yeah, and one of them asks, like, do you think they know that they've been in there for 12,000 cycles? John's like, nope, probably not. And John's like, so now's the question, like, do we stay or do we go? And Dargo says, like, well, the decision is Jules. She's the instructor here now. And Jules says, I'm going to go say hello. So then the next few scenes, we're just wrapping things up now, almost at the end of the episode. And it's everyone saying goodbye to Jules. I like how the f- the first two we see is Chiana and Jules. Like, yeah. See, yeah. called it. They were going to be best friends at the end. And, yeah, like we see them from a bit of a distance, like, hugging and looking sad and walks off and then john goes to talk to jewel and she says like look everything i found proves our species are linked no 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 i think <laughs> i think the tone is slightly important on oh this, yeah, yeah she yeah, says yeah. like well everything shows that our species are linked she's like damn it <laughs> <laughs> not, not entirely but there's a playfulness to that yeah yeah and john says like i wish i could stay but you know i can't and he's like yeah because of aaron and she's like look you take care all right, look after yourself. And he kisses her on the forehead. And so now Dargo comes over to say goodbye. And he's the last. Yeah, he says, am I the last? And he's like, yeah. I can't convince any of them to stay, says Jewel. And he says, well, yeah, I mean, you're the only one who's not hunted by the peacekeepers, so you're the only one that can stay. And I'm like, hang on, wait, what? Was she not in the bounty stuff? I guess not. Because <laughs> beforehand, yes, that's entirely fair. Jewel was not hunted by the peacekeepers. That was always established. Thing is, she was part of blowing up that command carrier, so I can't really believe that she was left off the new b- new bounty, but yeah. okay, I'll buy it. Um, we'll get into the reasons for this once we wrap this up, but so she says, like, I, well, Jewel says, like, I need to stay. The priests need help. They've got 12,000 cycles of catching up to do. And she says, look, I'm sorry I didn't defend you. We have a close-up on her face and she's you know clearly very sad at all this mm-hmm. staying behind and she says i'm not i'm sorry for not defending you to valor and she, she says well maybe you weren't valor's intellectual equal <laughs> well i am now because she's a rock and <laughs> i like that because they they do laugh about it it is it is a joke he's not being a dick he's like no, no, no. well no i am now she's a rock but then she says like dargo i'm trying to apologize <laughs> can you let me apologize please you, look, you have more courage integrity and honor than a dozen valors and I should have said that to her. And then they lean in and exchange. They have a kiss, lingering like it's state, you know, a proper. Not just like when John kissed her on the forehead. They kiss each other. Then Dargo leaves. Yeah, it's like, well, see no, ya. Nothing. I'll call you. Nothing. Here's my number. <laughs> nothing. I'll. We'll. We'll. We'll meet again. Like it's like. This is the very last time we'll ever see each other. Let's make this even more heartbreaking by kissing each other. I I mean, I it's get dr- it. I, it's dramatically appropriate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> w- once you start thinking about that type of scene, <laughs> it just it just crumbles like dust. So then we see Braca and Grazer aboard uh, the command carrier. Braca says that they've retrieved the satellite probe. It must have been a lure. And 
Grazer is upset. She just she's sort of leaning against a table and she says, "Like I will find them again, and when I do, they will pay for this humiliation." And then she says to Brock, "Is like if I hear any gossip, anything at all about what happened on Arnesk," and he's like, "You won't, ma'am. You won't." It's like if I do, you will answer for it. And I'm just like, "Hey, Brocka, guess who never pulled that kind of shit?" Scorpius. Yeah. He would never hold you personally responsible for any of that. Because he knows, that, knows that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, you may find that Grazer is a worse boss than Scorpius. I mean, yes, Scorpius would still have that man be punished, but he wouldn't take it out on Braca unless it became a systemic problem. So now everyone is now packed into Lola, into Dargo's ship. No, it's actually quite cozy. <laughs> it's, not fu- it's not full at all. Well, actually, I say everyone, not everyone, because uh, they're towing John's module, <laughs> which is out of fuel and out of power. So John, but John's sitting in there. Well, it's, it's got life support. I was going to say, <laughs> it has something. He's, he's sitting in his module. Everyone else is sitting in Dargo's ship. And Dargo's like, well, okay, at least Jewel won't be hunted anymore by peacekeepers. Unlike us, says Chiana. It's like, but Dargo says, you know, well, she's staying on our nest and she's got a goal. She's got something to fight for. Unlike us. Yeah. And Sikozu says, like, have you heard anything from Moya? And, like, they haven't. And Rigel, sarcastically, he's like, oh, things are great right now. You know, we're in this tiny ship towing a dead module. No contact with Moya. Hunted by peacekeepers. How much better can things get, really? <laughs> And then Granny says, there is one person who has a purpose, right, Crichton? And you can see Crichton in his module. He's sort of looking off into space. I think he was like, looked like he was writing something yeah, for a second. Yeah, I think he had something in his hand. But then he asks her, like, why did you nearly... You almost killed me. Why? And she says, that, well, I couldn't let you tell Grazer about the probes. And better you dead than millions. And he's like... What's your name, old woman? And she says, it's Utu Noranti Pratalong. And so he says, well, Noranti, you're right. I do have a purpose. And that's the episode. Uh, Let's not get into the logistics of how those tiny two ships would not get them anywhere. (laughs) Especially (laughs) not with dragging. Also, John wouldn't be able to get out of his module unless they find a habitable planet. Because there's no way they could dock those two. Yeah, I don't know how that works. (laughs) No, don't think about the logistics. There aren't any facilities on that ship either, so... No, like, he'd have to pee in a bottle if he was smart enough to grab one. (laughs) Alright, so yeah, that was part two of what was lost. Alright, overall, because of all the immense amount of setup in the previous episode, this, this episode could slow down and be more comprehensible. Yes, it is better. It's still, it's fine. It's not great. It's not that great. It's, like... It's not the two we gave last week, but it's it's not getting above that three. Sorry. Yeah, I, I would have put it at a three, but just like it's average, it's fine, it's okay. There are good moments in here. Yeah, there are some good mo- moments, but this is this is frequently a problem with two-part episodes, that the first episode is way too much. It's so much set up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to follow, but then when you get to part two, then it can slow down and you can... Like that's happened a few times on Fastgate. Yep. Often I prefer the standalone episodes, aside from the ones that cap off a season, because those tend to have some sort of ending to their first part. Like I think a really good example of a good two-part episode is um, Into Lion's Den. Yeah, and also uh, Infinite Possibilities. Yeah, also Infinite Possibilities. I think the reason they work 
because they actually have less setup to do because they use established characters and settings and stuff as the plot for the two-part episode this one we're introduced to this whole new world and all this new stuff we suddenly have to understand and care about yes like i said there isn't no that's that's not entirely fair on the previous episode there is a bit of an arc ending where they're all captured at the end so yeah i mean that's fine but this episode was okay so we have to talk about jewel staying behind so okay from an in-show perspective right Mm -hmm. it's a shame because they do some character development to her at last in these past two episodes and then they just leave her there yeah because i'm assuming this was her final episode and so from a narrative perspective and over the whole season where we've seen jewel that's a shame there's a lot of wasted potential with jewel Mm -hmm. unfortunately now the reason jewel does get left behind here is actually so the actress tammy mcintosh got cast on another show an australian medical drama called all saints ah and so since since she was well had less of a role in the season to begin with basically they're like well she left the the show to go do that one to do uh all saints good on her yeah i feel like i mean i i can't i can't begrudge her for going and taking an opportunity you know on something like that you know it's like oh abandoning fast no 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 no, no, no. these people are you know these people are you know working professionals who you know have to juggle their uh roles and and frankly from what she was given to work with in season three i cannot blame her at all yeah like you said they were finally doing something with her at the moment that she decided to take that role she was somewhere probably somewhere in season three and hadn't started season four yet yeah yeah and yeah i would have jumped ship as well because i'm sorry they weren't doing anything with jewel aside from her being the annoying one like i feel like from everything i've read like shows that she doesn't have like ill will it's not like you know she was looking to leave she'd been cast in a recurring role in the drama all saints so she takes a leave from farscape to do that mm-hmm. now we said it's it's her last appearance, but it's I'm not getting ahead of myself too much when I say there are a few guest appearances she makes later on in the series. Okay, cool. Like, it's not completely left behind, but she's no longer a main member of the cast. I'll be honest, I'm very bummed out that they didn't do more with Jewel. Yeah, it is It is a disappointment. We talked about this last episode, and, you know, Sekozu shows up, and suddenly, and she has a lot more character development already than uh jewel ever had but that all that said i liked what they did with her in the with jewel in these two episodes yes very much so much so that her staying behind makes sense and feels in character for her yes very much so and also they do kind of bring up that nobody really listened to her or cared about her that much yeah jewel references that and it's like you know now she has a purpose so she's gonna stay behind it, it is a bit sour whenever they say like well you i thought nobody ever listened to me i th- thought you didn't care it's like yeah writers who was doing that yeah whose fault is that who's writing this line and wrote those lines i know they're different writers but still yeah 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 it's it's yeah <laughs> it's like that's your own bloody fault so you can't complain about that. If that's what's happened. Then it's the writers uh, who are to blame. Yes. I just feel like nobody—they no, never really knew what to do with Jewel, right? Yeah. And I—I th- I was thinking about this actually today. I think what they could have done with Jewel is going for a bit of a coming of age story, where she starts out as somebody who's just like she's a brat. She's not used to anything. Like they set that up at the start, especially they when do, they're in yeah. that diseased Leviathan, where she's mm. almost like tries to kill herself or she's completely this innocent fish out of water character who's just she's not mature enough for that yet 
and that mm. she slowly, as the series progresses, she steps up and she learns what it means to be part of this family and what she can do, what uh, what her strengths are in this group. And yeah, like they should have figured out what her strengths were and not just think about her flaws. Yes, that's a very good way of putting that. Yes very good point like they've definitely were like she's annoying she's bratty she's you know thinks she's smarter than everyone it's like okay but what's she good at like even rigel we look at rigel rigel is self-centered greedy guy who will sell them out but he's a good diplomat and negotiator yeah he knows exactly how to manipulate people and he's perfect as the face of the group yeah he's good at it so that's why they haven't spaced him yet yeah because he does bring something despite everything else. They never seem to figure out what that was with Jewel. I suddenly realized one angle they could... No, actually, they were busy with Jewel being... Talking to Dargo in that episode. But the one where John is in a coma. One of the things we know Jewel is good at is that she was the most medically sound character of the group. Yeah. Just medically proficient, I should say. Go with that. Have one character get very ill and her just fighting her best, doing her best, and nothing that she trained for works. And she has to learn to step beyond that and improvise and trust her gut and that way save one of the characters and that that would be a fight that she doesn't have uh with fists or anything that's just her fighting a disease that would have been a perfect episode to highlight jules qualities heck other idea take an episode where the when we were back on moya just with that crew have everybody else sick and jewel basically just having to do everything like juggling everything and also taking care of them and really being out of her depth with it and having to learn and step up yeah and having a talk with one of them about how she's just terrified that she's gonna fail them and them being like look you have this get your shit together and do it yeah like we we've talked several times about how those episodes of board moyer on season three were the perfect time to do that sort of thing for jewel and they just they spun their wheels and didn't really go anywhere so because i think the only episode they needed was the one with the energy rider because that set a whole plot of chiana in motion sure yeah okay but the other there must have been at least one or two they could have dropped and focused on jewel yeah i think i think incubator is a perfect example Mm. of like that, we thought that that episode did not really accomplish very much. I'll give them Incubator because it allows them to skip that in the later episode. But True. point is, even within those episodes, they could have focused on Jewel more. Yep, agreed. You know, you know, even if you don't completely change the episode, you take a chance to characterize Jewel in relation to what is happening. They try that a little bit in the Energy Rider episode where she has to reveal, you know, a secret about her past. Mm-hmm. But we actually negate it in this Yeah, it gets two-parter. negated again with like, no, I was lying then, there was actually something else. Whatever. Like, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's, at this point, it is a, it's a shame to see Jewel go because they were just starting to, you know, get somewhere. But... They wasted her potential, I think, mm-hmm. so... I agree. In the show with stellar characters, Jules stuck out like a character that was just not as well-developed. Yeah, and it's not like I disliked her character. It's just you felt, like, disappointed of, like, come on, you know, develop this. Develop this. Work on this. Come on. Do something. But, like I said, I like that she decides to stay behind because it ge- that, in effect, in effect, is some character development mm-hmm. from her. And that's a good way to end off, like, her story yeah I, I guess in this case it is the moment where she steps up to the task yeah yeah that finally happens in episode three of season four <laughs> you know like it took you long enough yes. 
<laughs> Come on. Uh. And all the development happened in the last two episodes. So, so the other thing we want to, we should probably mention is John and Grazer. Yes, we mentioned this last episode that effectively what happens is uh, Grazer. You know, she uses the oil to influence John and make basically make him have sex with her. Yes. So in effect, he has been raped Mm -hmm. and in at the end of the last episode we saw him visibly shaken by this and i was hope i mean not hoping but i was figuring okay that's gonna be something that's gonna stick with him for a long time in this episode yeah not so much like halfway through the episode like in the opening when he's clearly not like he doesn't want to go along with this plan but he does there's a little bit of that hesitation in there but by the time he walks away from grazer and bests her it's gone yeah at the beginning in that scene you can see immediately he's like i'm never going near grazer again yeah i don't want to see her again ever and dargo's like no you have to because of the plan and yeah they in this episode they kind of brush it over a bit but yeah it it's it's the real thing that happened to him and I'm, i'm thinking like look everybody responds to traumatic experiences differently but I don't think this is the best way of dis- displaying the response to rape. That's a very scarring experience. Yeah, I feel like that's not what they've displayed in this episode. No. It may come up in future episodes. We Maybe. They may examine it if Grazer shows up again. Yeah, this episode did disappoint me in that. It didn't take it, I guess, as seriously as I wish it would. No, did. I mean, like I said, in the first scene where they bring it up... It it does seem like it's everyone else not taking it seriously, while John is like, hell no. Because Dargo's like, you know, you have to. And John's like, no, nah, uh-uh, no, no, no. And then Dargo does convince him because, like, well, I'm sorry, John, but we need the plan. And John wanting to help his friends, I could see that. Like, okay, that makes some sense. But the moment where he bests Grazer and jovially leaves that was the moment it's like oh, come on you could have taken this so much more seriously at this point yeah like, him yeah. really being upset by what she did to him mm. so yeah they do kind of they work through it a little too quickly it yeah. seems but so. you're right maybe they'll come back to it i hope i don't know use it more seriously but yeah it's a serious topic and if you want to discuss it you need to not just brush it aside you need to take really do the work if you want to discuss it discuss it i can't really speak to whether it's inappropriate at the least it is unexplored yes that at the very least if it's inappropriate i i'll leave that for other people to judge i do i am not i feel i'm not in a a good enough position on the topic to Mm. say anything about that although i will say that out of everything that we've seen in farscape it doesn't feel out weird to say this but it doesn't feel out of place yeah. We know that this universe, this show, gets very dark at times. Mm-hmm. And the subject of rape has been broached a couple of times in regards to Scorpius's parentage. Yep. And not just in uh, Incubator, but when he was talking to Jothy. And so this is something that the show has mentioned before, but this is, yeah. It's not, it, that's the thing, it's never explicit in these two episodes. No. But it's what happened you know the thing is it's it at the end of episode one uh, the first episode of this two-parter that's where it was very heavily implied and mm. if they didn't do that 
I could have been like, okay, so he didn't experience it as traumatically, or yeah. the oils caused him to experience that in a different way, process that in a different way. In that case, I probably would have accepted everything else, but they leaned heavily into that at the end of the last one. And yeah, like, and they just didn't really follow up on it. Yeah. So that is another disappointment. But mm-hmm. like we said, overall, this episode was fine. It does a lot, of, a lot of other things that's like, okay, but there's like a few things I'm like, no, episode confusing parts and those two things i'm like <sighs> yeah we just need to get back aboard moher and everybody yeah. to settle down and get back into the groove of things you know it's we're still dealing with the fallout three episodes in bad luck next week what do we got coming up all right next week is episode four called lava's a many splendid thing okay and uh so okay thanks to naranti the crew on lola forced to land on a desolate planet where rigel finds a cache of valuables owned by a group of freedom fighters he gets caught by the security system. Crichton and Dargo find themselves in the middle of a robbery and must find a way to save him before the thieves decide to execute Rigel. Okay, this sounds interesting. Let's hope it doesn't end like the last stick-up we had. Yeah. <laughs> so from the sounds of things, I don't think we meet up with Moya next week. So we'll have at least one more adventure with uh, with everyone you know, just uh, hanging around in the cramped little ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully next week we will things will pick up again. But it's kind of been a bit of a rocky start to this. Yes, I'll, I'll say that you know, Crichton Kicks episode one was fun. Yeah, um, that was good. It, it was fun. It just wasn't you know didn't impress too much. It was just like this is fun. This is fine. The last two episodes were confusing um, and, and a bit disappointing, and highlighted some of the problems with characters and themes not being fully developed or explored in this show. So mm-hmm. hopefully things pick up next week. So we'll see. But thank you for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will be back uh, for Love is a Many Splendid Thing. Until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Can't and Red. At Red Nightmare 7. Also go to Can'tWearHats.co.uk for previous episodes, links to RSS and iTunes. And you can leave a review on iTunes if you feel inclined. Help get the podcast out there. Yep. And... Uh, uk also has links to other projects, links to the Twitch stream, all of which is supported by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hats. All right, so that's it from us. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hats, hats. I found it. I found a way to get Dave out. Wait, who's Dave? You know, Dave, our third podcast member. No, okay, oh god. Red, I told you before, Dave isn't real. You imagined him. No, no, look, look. I finally found the final piece, and we can get him out of the time lock. Oh god, what? No, don't. Oh god, no, what is happening? Ah! Hi guys, ready to record podcast? Red, give me that. I'm reversing the polarity. I'm putting him back in. No, 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 no! Get out of here, Dave.